Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 30 of season 3 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Harold Perry will forever be best known for his lovable radio character, Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve, which originated on the show Fibber McGee and Molly in 1938, and then became one of the very first radio spin-off shows, The Great Gildersleeve, in 1941. After Perry made the questionable decision of switching networks to CBS Radio in 1950, during the famous talent raid of NBC stars, his show's producers failed to agree to make the move with him, so his famous show stayed at NBC, and CBS created a new show for him on their network, The Harold Perry Show. It ran from 1950 to 1951 for just one season, and never caught on. Perry played Harold Hemp, the host of the fictional radio program The Happy Homemaker. But beyond this, the characters and the premise of the new show very closely resembled that of The Great Gildersleeve. Too closely, according to most critics. One notable moment occurred on the March 21, 1951 broadcast, when then-California Governor Earl Warren honored Perry on the air with the award for completing his 10,000th radio broadcast. Perry's career after radio was in TV and film, appearing in such shows as Disney's A Tiger Walks in 1964 and the Elvis Presley film Clambake in 1967. He made guest appearances on The Addams Family, My Three Sons, Petticoat Junction, The Brady Bunch, and many other TV sitcoms. He died on March 30th, 1985. Now sit back and enjoy the October 18th and the November 8th, 1950 broadcasts of The Harold Perry Show. The Harold Perry Show! <laughs> <laughs> And now, Harold Perry, as Honest Harold, the homemaker. Well, it's midnight in the little town of Melrose Springs, and all its good citizens are sound asleep, including the cat in the butcher shop window. Looking into the little house on 8th Avenue, we find the town's most popular radio figure, Honest Harold the Homemaker, gently snoring and evidently having a very pleasant dream. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Harold. Harold, wake up. <laughs> mother, mother, what's the matter? Shh. I think there's somebody in our cellar. What? I heard strange noises down there. You did? Well, I'll go down and have a look. First thing in the morning. Good night, mother. <laughs> it might be a burglar in the cellar. Burglar? Well, what the heck? Nothing valuable for him to steal down there except my Rudy Valley records. <laughs> Harold, don't you think you ought to get up and take a look? Look? Well, all right, Mother. You ought to have a weapon, Harold. I'll go out in the kitchen and get the cedar mine. Yeah, good idea. Hurry now. <sighs> Maybe it's just Mother's imagination. I hope. Guess I'll have to get up, though. Eee, floor's cold. <laughs> and I'll wear my slippers. Yeah, just feel around for them, huh? Uh, here's one slipper. Hmm. Fits kind of tight. It's got crumbs in it. Uh, it's my box of Girl Scout cookies. Uh, here they are. Yeah. Slip into my robe now. Are you ready, Harold? Uh, yes, Mother. I'm coming. Come on. Now we'll go to the cellar door and listen. Yeah, all right. Now let's tiptoe. Huh? Harold. Hmm? That rustling noise. What is it? Me, you put too much starch in my pajamas again. (laughs) Here's the cellar door. Let's listen. Yeah. Oh, I don't hear anything. Must have been your imagination, Mother. No, no, I heard something. Sounded like an awful big fella, too. I don't think so. 
there is a big fellow down there, that doesn't worry me. Remember in high school how I could lick any kid my age? Of course, all the kids my age were in college. <laughs> I don't think you should go down in the cellar alone, Harold. Maybe you should call the marshal. Oh, Mother, that's silly. There's nothing. What was that? Mice. <laughs> Sounds like they're bowling down there. <laughs> Harold, Harold, maybe you should... That settles it, Mother. I'm going to do it. Going down in the cellar? No, I'm going to call the marshal. Oh, I hope that prowler doesn't come upstairs. So do I. But don't worry, Mother. Why doesn't Pete the marshal get here? He's the slowest, most aggravating human being. That must be Pete, Harold. Yeah, it's about time. You'll probably want to spend a half an hour filling out a form. Hello, Pete. Ain't Pete, it's Cleet. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Pete's old father. Where's Pete? Couldn't come. Just got called on a big case. What big case? He's watching the gum machine on Main Street. <laughs> Somebody put a button in it last night. Oh, my goodness. All right, come on in. That you, Pete? Take Pete, it's Cleet. Uh, it's about time somebody got here. Now, what's all this ricky-dicky about? There's a prowler in our cellar. Oh, that's housebreaking. Yeah, I know that. I want you to arrest him. Uh, just a minute, Harold. I'll have to fill out a form. <laughs> you too? Had the form right here in my pocket. Uh. Uh, let's see. Oh, what's this? Hmm? Oh, a poem I tipped out of the Pathfinder. <laughs> sort of humorous. <laughs> you want to hear? No. All right. A tutor who taught on the flute... Tried to teach two young tutors to toot. Oof. Said the two to the tutor, is it harder to toot or to tutor two tutors to tutor? <laughs> toot, I mean cleat. That robber will be making his getaway while we're standing here talking. Aren't you going to do something? Sure. Going to fill out this form. Uh. Now, uh, occupant of house broken into. Oh, oh, that must be you. Yes, Harold Hemp. Yeah, let me write that down. Oh. Harold Hemp. Oh, for goodness. Name of intruder? How do I know his name? He's in the cellar. Let me write that down. <laughs> Please, hurry up. I'm catching cold. Catching cold? Let me write that down. <laughs> Say, there's somebody down in your cellar. <laughs> of course there is, and you're supposed to arrest him. Now, come on. Well, there's the cellar. Say, dark down there. Naturally. Well, go on down, Cleet. After you, Harold. You're the deputy. It's your cellar. <laughs> oh, Pete's bad enough, but you're the most aggravating man I've ever known. Cleet, you're a nincompoop. Let me write that down. <laughs> Never mind, you can't spell it anyway. I'll go down and catch it myself. Can't see a thing. Want my bed, Harold? Oh, quiet up there. He's a big help. Don't hear anything down here now. Prowler's probably scared away by now. Well, I'll look around just in case. <laughs> What's that on my face? Oh, cobweb. <laughs> Take a look over by the coal bin. <laughs> Got my foot in mother's pickle tub. <laughs> Where's that light? Oh, here it is. Yipe, I'm electrocuted. <laughs> uh, well, I guess there's nobody down here. I'll go on. Somebody whacked me in the shins. Where are you? Oh, that wasn't in the shins. Why don't you fight fair? I got him. Mm, little fellow. Maybe he's a midget. There's a circus in town. I can handle you. Slippery. Come on, shorty. We're going upstairs. Come on. Up you go. Oh, you got 
shot him, Harold. You bet. He put up an awful struggle, but I overpowered him. Yeah, let's take a look at him in the light. Let me go. Why, it's your little boy. Oh, the poor child can't be more than 12. It doesn't make any difference. He's got an awful left hook. <laughs> Young man, what were you doing in our cellar? I said, what were you doing in our cellar? I was looking for a damp place to raise mushrooms. Oop. Fresh. Maybe if I talk to him, Harold. I'll handle his mother. Now, this is a pretty serious offense, young man. Breaking into somebody else's house like this? What's your name? To use the colloquialism, putting him tame. Ask me again and I'll tell you the same. Cleet, I'm not going to fool with this juvenile delinquent any longer. He's your responsibility. Okay, come on, little fella. Oh, hold her, Nuke. Can't take him tonight. What? Why not? Haven't got the right form. Please. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to bring him down in the morning and see the marshal. Oh, for the love of Pete. That's right, Pete, not Cleet. Uh, <laughs> good night. Oh, little boy, I'll bet you're hungry. Well, I'll fix you a sandwich and some milk. You two can have a nice chat while I'm in the kitchen. Yeah, thank you, Mother. Sit down, young man. A few questions I want to ask you. Look, to save us both a very boring conversation, I'll give you the details. Huh? A, I'm not a juvenile delinquent. B, I've run away from home. What? C, I will not tell you who my parents are, as I do not wish to return to them. D, you may call me William. You ran away from home? Yes. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that, Willie. William. (laughs) Yes. Well, William, maybe I can help you. Now, if you were to tell me why you ran away, maybe we could sort of straighten this thing out, huh? You know, a lot of people consider me their friend. In fact, I have a radio program called Honest Harold the Homemaker. Yes, I've heard it. Oh, you have? It stinks. (laughs) Now look here, Willie. Uh, William? Oh, that sticky sentiment. You're puerile. Puerile? Now, just a minute. We don't allow that kind of language in this house. (laughs) For your edification, puerile means childish, immature, and silly. A perfect description of you. Oh. <laughs> What's your IQ? Huh? What's your mental measurement? Mental measurement? Well, I wear a six and seven eighths hat. You're quite stupid. <laughs> Why, you, you little quiz kid, I'm going to take you over my... Harold, what uh, are you... Oh, hello, Mother. <laughs> Fine little fellow. <laughs> oh, oh, you've made friends already. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, I was just going to massage his neck. <laughs> You can eat your sandwich and then go to bed. You can have Harold's room tonight. Yeah. What? All right. Good night, honest Harold. <laughs> I'll fix that little quiz kid. I'll glue the pages of his dictionary together. <laughs> Mother. Aren't you asleep yet? Sleep? How can I sleep on this lumpy sofa? I'll look like a waffle in the morning. <laughs> that little boy isn't asleep either. Good. Well, Harold, why don't you go in and talk to him? He probably feels lonesome in a strange house. Mother, I'm not going... Hey, I could put those cookie crumbs in his bed. Hey, <laughs> 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 coming, Mother. <laughs> you go in, Harold. I'll wait outside. Good idea. Hello, William. Oh, hello. Look at that little prissy pants. I'll fix him. Mr. Hemp, I hope I haven't inconvenienced you. Why? I appreciate you letting me have your room. You do? Well, he's not such a bad boy. It's really quite decent of you. Oh, that's all right. Swell kid. I guess I just didn't understand you, William. Oh? You know, once in a while, we grown-ups forget that we were kids once ourselves. (laughs) Of course, I was a little different from you. (laughs) I was more of the fun-loving type. <laughs> you were? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I think of some of the pranks I pulled. <laughs> like the time in the third grade when I fixed a bucket of water over the door and the principal walked in. <laughs> His toupee floated way down to the gymnasium. <laughs> yes, uh, and then there was the time that... Well, what do you know? William's asleep. Look at him. Funny how innocent all little kids look when they're asleep. Poor little fella. Ran away from home. Carrying that big dictionary. All alone now. Shouldn't have been so harsh with him. Gosh, he's sleeping like a baby. 
sweetest little fella. Everybody knows. Don't know what to call him, but he's mighty like a rose. Looking at his mammy. With eyes so shiny blue, make you think that heaven is coming close to you. When he's there sleeping in his little place, think I see. Looking through the lanes, when the dark am falling, when the shadows creep, then they come on tiptoe to kiss him in his sleep. Yes, I'll just tiptoe out. Turn off the light. Is he all right, Harold? Yeah, I sang him to sleep. Oh, isn't that sweet? You know, Mother, I made up my mind. I'm not going to turn that fine young boy over to the marshal. He's going to stay right here with us till we find his parents. Oh, oh I'm glad, Harold. Oh, Mr. Hemp, he's calling you, Harold. Uh, probably wants me to sing an encore. <laughs> I'm coming, will you? I'm soaked. How amusing. The bucket hit you right on the head. <laughs> Why, you little imp, I'm going to turn you over to the marshal. If I ever get this bucket off my head. And that isn't all. I'm going to report you to Hopalong Cassidy. <laughs> We will return for the second act of our story, Honest Harold, in just a moment. It's Bing and Bob Hope and Judy Garland on the Bing Crosby Show again tonight. It promises to be another great half hour with these three top entertainers on most of these same CBS stations just a little later tonight. By the way, listen for Harold Perry's important announcement at the end of our show. And now, back to Honest Harold, the homemaker. Well, Honest Harold hoped he could win little William over with kindness. But a bucket of water dampened his hopes. It also dampened Honest Harold. It's the following morning now, and we find our disillusioned do-gooder on his way to work at the radio station. Well, my mind's made up. Got William locked in his room. As soon as I finish my program this morning, I'm going to turn him over to the authorities. Of course, it's kind of a mean thing to do. You're just a little boy. He did look kind of cute when he was asleep. He's probably just a scared, lonesome little kid inside. Maybe I ought to give him another chance. Nope. Why should I get sentimental about him? That fresh quiz kid. That bucket of water was a sneaky trick. My bathrobe shrunk so much I'll have to use it for a smoking jacket. <laughs> Good morning, Station KSJP. Yes, I'll tell him. Goodbye. Oh, good morning, Harold. I said good morning, Harold. Oh, hello, Gloria. How do you feel this morning? Oh, I feel fine. Well, you ought to notify your face. <laughs> Harold, what's that mark on your forehead? Oh, that's where the bucket hit me. Bucket hit you? I thought you looked a little pale. <laughs> Gloria, please, I'm not in the mood this morning. What if I didn't have enough trouble? Is that you, Hemp? Oh, hello, Stanley. 
Come into my office. I want to talk to you. Yeah, better be careful of the doors. You'll break the furniture around here. <laughs> <laughs> wonder what old high pockets wants now. Sit down. Uh, yes, Mr. Peabody. Not there. That's my chair. Oh, excuse me. Should have known it was his chair. They both have skinny legs. <laughs> What's this I hear about you taking in a runaway boy? I didn't take him in. He took... As station manager and your employer, it's my duty to keep you from making a fool of yourself, if that's possible. Oop. I also have a responsibility to the owner of this station, my uncle, Mr. Aloysius Carruthers. Name dropper. Hemp. Just what do you intend to do with this juvenile delinquent? Well, Stan... Quiet! I am talking! I suppose in your usual blundering fashion, you're going to do the wrong thing and get yourself and the station into a lot of trouble. But, Stanley, I've decided... Quiet! I'm just trying to say a few words. A few words? It's a filibuster. (laughs) If I know you, Hemp, you're just the kind of soft, sappy sentimentalist who will want to keep this boy at your home. But, Stanley... Now, if this little ruffian is turned over to the law, properly punished... He still has a chance to grow up to be a fine, normal man. Like me, for instance. Grow up like you. That did it. What? The boy is staying with me. Hemp, you're acting awfully strange about this. I think there's something rotten in Denmark. It's a lot closer than that. (laughs) See you later, Stanley. I'm home. But... Oh. Here's a note on the mantel. Dear Harold, I've gone down to the sewing club. Oh, yes, I took your old trousers. I'm going to fix them over for poor Mr. Gantz. Good old mother. She'll have Gantz in my pants. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, I'll go up and talk to the boy. Just tell him I've decided to keep him here. Oh. Where's that key? Hello, William. Oh, hello. What have you been doing all morning? Thinking. Thinking? For three hours? Yes, some people do that, you know. Oh, yes. (laughs) The young Orson Welles. (laughs) Nice day, isn't it? If you don't mind, I think we can dispense with the social amenities. I know you've decided to turn me over to the authorities, so let's get it over with, shall we? Well, William, I wanted to talk to you about that. I've changed my mind. I've decided to keep you here with me. That is, until your parents come for you. Are they coming? Well, I told my listeners all about you on my radio program this morning. I imagine your parents will hear about it. Oh, yes, I suppose they will. And another thing, William. You're not going to be locked in anymore. But will put you on your honor. I know you won't run away. Oh, you do? Yes, sir. I believe that if you treat children fairly, show them that you really trust them, they won't let you down. Uh-huh. And do you know what I'm going to do, my boy? I'm going down to Doc Yancey, the veterinarian, and get you a little puppy. Now, how would you like that? Yes. Uh, are you going right now? Oh, yes, yes. There'll be nobody home. And I'm going to leave this door unlocked and the front door unlocked. Why, if you wanted to, you could walk right out of the house. But I know you won't. Uh, Mr. Hemp, Hmm? where is the highway leading out of town? (laughs) I believe it's two blocks down the street. Yes, you can't miss it. There's a big gas station on the corner. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Well, see you later, William. Wonder what he wanted to know where the highway was for. He couldn't be thinking of running away. No. Hope the old horse doctor is in. Pick out a nice puppy for William. Coming. Well, hello, Harold. Hello, Doc. Yeah, what are you doing? I'm giving this dog a haircut. <laughs> You're next. <Yeah. laughs> Very funny. Doc, I want to talk to you about a puppy. Okay, Harold. As soon as I finish trimming Pierre. That dog's name is Pierre? What do you expect him to name a French poodle? Oh, Houlihan? Go <laughs> oh, and say hello to him, Harold. Or he'll feel slighted. Oh, for heaven's sake. Hello, Pierre. Oh, that's no way to talk to a French poodle. What? No, listen to me. Bonjour, Pierre. Parlez-vous français? Wait, oui, wait. Oui. <laughs> 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 you hear it? He said wee oui, wee. Oui. Oh, my goodness. Now, 
Is that short enough in the back, Pierre? Wait a minute! Doc, I'm in a hurry. Awful smart dog, this Pierre. You know, I just taught him how to eat American dog biscuits. Huh? Caught on like a flash. Why, he ate two boxes before I could finish one. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call you, Doc Yak Yak? Look, I want to buy a puppy. You do? A puppy for you? No, it's for that little boy that's at my house. Oh, that young scallywag still there? Oh, I thought you were going to turn him over to the law. I changed my mind. I'm keeping it at my house till we find his parents. Well, Harold, you're an honest boy, but sometimes you're a little too soft-hearted. What do you mean? Well, if that boy should run away, you'll be in a peck of trouble. He's not going to run away. That's the trouble with this world. Nobody trusts anybody anymore. Personally, I believe in the honor system. <laughs> when I was in veterinarian college, they tried the honor system on us. Oh, how did it work? Fine. The teachers had the honor and the students had the system. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you want my advice about the boy, Harold... Doc, all I want from you is a puppy. All right, if that's your attitude. Pick out any one you want in the other room there. Thanks. You're welcome. But I still think you're acting like a lame brain. Don't you, Pierre? Wait a minute. Oh, go back to Paris. <laughs> well, you're certainly a cute little puppy. Yeah, you speak English, too. William will be a happy boy when he sees you. I bet you like him, too. He's a little hard to understand at first, but he's really a good boy. Yeah. Well, here we are. You'll meet him in just a minute. We'll surprise him, huh, puppy? <laughs> William! William! Doesn't hear us. Probably still thinking. William! What's that on the mantel? A note. My dear Mr. Hemp, this is our reward. Goodbye to you. Thanks for giving me the directions to the highway, Honest Harold. William. Sorry, little puppy. Looks like he disappointed both of us. I thought you two would have a wonderful time together. I thought a lot of things, but I guess I was wrong. I just had the idea that if you showed a boy like him some kindness and understanding that... Oh, Mr. Hemp. William! Got as far as the highway, and then I found I really didn't want to go. I didn't want to leave my friend. Your friend? Yes, you. <laughs> I also want you to know that when I ridiculed you for your sentimentality, I was wrong. I must admit that I find sentiment a very necessary emotion. You see, I'm not used to it. Our family has always been somewhat, well, sophisticated. Oh, I see. Well, anyway, I'm glad you came back. Oh, here's a little present for you. Here, take it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Look, he's licking my face. Yeah, guess he's sentimental, too. <laughs> <laughs> my, he's cute. <laughs> oh, hey, come in. How do you do, Mr. Hemp? Hello, William. Hello, Father. Mr. Peabody at the radio station gave me your address, Mr. Hemp. I want you to know I appreciate what you've done for William. Oh, that's all right. Look, Father, I got a puppy. Oh, yes. I didn't know that you were so fond of dogs, William. Well, I've never had one before. No, that's right. I'm sorry I ran away. Oh, that's all right. I think your mother and I know now why you did. We love you very much, William. After this, we'll try to find more ways to let you know it. And Mr. Hemp, there are a lot of things I'd like to say to you, but, well, thanks very much. Uh... Don't mention it. Huh? Shall we go, William? All right. Goodbye, Mr. Hemp. Goodbye, William. You may call me Willie. Oh, well, thank you. Goodbye, Willie. Nice people. Gee, I feel good. Think I'll go down and try that water bucket trick on Stanley Peabody. <laughs> <laughs> You have just heard the Harold Perry Show, Honest Harold, who returns in just a moment with an important announcement. The supporting players tonight included Catherine Card, Leo Cleary, Johnny McGovern, Ken Peters, and Jack Moyles, and featured Gloria Holliday as Gloria and Joseph Kearns as old Doc Yak Yak. Norman McDonald directed, and the music was composed and conducted by Jack Meekin. 
Honest Harold, created by Harold Perry, was written by Gene Stone, Jack Robinson, and Bill Danch. Now back to Harold Perry. Well, Bob, I'm still looking for that laughing lady. A lady that we can invite out here to Hollywood to be on our show some Wednesday evening. We'll fly her out on a TWA constellation, and while she's here in Hollywood, she'll live at that beautiful country club hotel. Now, all she has to do is enter the Honest Harold Laugh Contest in her hometown. Oh, uh, speaking of hometowns, mine is San Leandro, California. And they're having a big contest up there. Mayor William Swift has proclaimed October 20th, Laugh with Harold Perry Day. <laughs> they ran me out of there once, though. <laughs> Just kidding, of course. <laughs> so remember, ladies, wherever you are, the laugh contest may be going on right now in your hometown. So laugh, that's all. Just laugh. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. The Harold Perry Show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, Harold Perry as Honest Harold, the homemaker. Well, there's a lot of hustle and bustle in the Honest Harold household this morning. This is the day Harold's young cousin, Raymond, from Chicago, is arriving for a visit. Right now, Harold and his mother are busily straightening up the living room, assisted by their friend, Dr. Yancey, the veterinarian. I think the sofa looks better over here. It'll hide that spot on the rug, Mother. It looks fine, Harold. Harold, why don't you move this Morris chair back against the wall? <laughs> I will, Doc, if you'll get out of it. Oh, oh, oh all right. <laughs> it's going to be wonderful having Cousin Raymond here. And it was awfully nice of you to give up your bedroom, Harold. Oh, that's all right, Mother. Raymond will only be here for a week or two, just for his vacation. We want to do everything we can to make him comfortable. I hope you won't be uncomfortable sleeping on the sofa. Well, Harold can wear his heavy PJs so the horse hairs won't give him nightmares. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> when did you see the boy last, Mother Ham? Oh, it's nearly ten years now. He was such a sweet little boy. Such a young gentleman. Yeah, well, don't forget he's not a boy anymore, Mother. He's been out of college three years. Well, what did he do? Oh, he's a real go-getter, Doc. The day after that boy graduated from college, he got a job in one of those big advertising agencies in Chicago. I imagine he's a big executive by now. Yeah, probably wears a belt and suspenders at the same time. <laughs> Say, that must be Raymond, Mother. Uh-oh, I'm going out the back way. Meeting my own relatives is bad enough. Our reservoir. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, you go to the door, Harold. I want to get out of this apron. Yeah, all right, Mother. <laughs> Feel a little nervous. Meeting a big Chicago executive. Maybe I ought to put on my Hamburg hat. Say, there's a taxi in front. Cousin Raymond certainly does things in style. Well, Cousin Raymond. Well, Cousin Harold. Fancy meeting you here. Huh? I live here. Oh, <laughs> oh a joke. <laughs> hey, won't you come in? Oh, thanks. Oh, there's one little detail. Have you got $2 handy? $2? For the taxi. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Here. Thanks. Oh, you got another dollar? Another dollar? Yeah, I'm a heavy tipper. Oh. <laughs> Be right back. <laughs> That's funny. He didn't have three dollars. Well, he's probably got his money all tied up in traveler's checks. Well, it's sure nice to be here, cuz. Cuz? Oh, 
Well, we're sure glad to have you here, Raymond. Here, let me take one of your suitcases. Oh, okay. It uh, might be easier for you to carry both of them. Huh? Uh, one will balance the other. <laughs> oh, uh, never thought of that. <laughs> Heavy. Must have his traveler's checks in him. Mother will be right in, Raymond. She's primping up a little bit. Uh, sit down. Uh, take the Morris chair. Oh, no, thanks, cuz. I'll just stretch out here in the sofa. Conserve my energy. Uh, oh, guess all big executives do that. Ah, uh, there. Oh, uh, cuz, would you mind putting that pillow under my head? Uh, oh, yeah, of course. Thanks. Uh, That's mm. fine. He's really conserving his energy. Well, tell me, Cousin Raymond, how are things in the ad game? The what? Oh, you know, that big advertising company you work for in Chicago. Oh, I haven't worked for them for three years. But uh, I thought you started there three years ago. That's right. I only worked there one day. <laughs> one day? Yeah, the boss wouldn't give me the afternoon off, so I quit. <laughs> well, I see. Uh, uh, Cousin Raymond, what have you been doing these last three years? Loafing. Loafing? But you said in your letter that you were coming here for a vacation. Yeah, I needed a change. I got tired of loafing in Chicago. <laughs> you did, eh? But Raymond, you want to make a living, don't you? Not as long as I can live off of somebody else. <laughs> Wonder who he means. <laughs> well, well, if it isn't little cousin Raymond. Oh, hello, Aunt Emily. Gee, got up. Oh, you must be tired after your trip. Why don't you lie down again? All righty. He did. Aunt Emily, let me look at you. What? Why, it's remarkable. I haven't seen you for ten years, and you're still as attractive as ever. Oh, dear. Oh, brother. <laughs> what an operator. <laughs> well, Raymond, so this is my hard-working young nephew. Yeah, that's what she thinks. Oh, it's so <laughs> nice having you here. I'm sorry you can only stay for two weeks. <coughs> Mother. Why, we wish you could stay a year. Uh, but, Mother, Raymond can't stay too long. <laughs> he only brought two suitcases. Who's that? Oh, that must be the man with my trunk. Your uh, trunk? Yeah, I thought I'd bring it just in case he wanted me to stay longer. Ooh. Oh. oh, I'm so glad, Raymond. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you, I'll see about my trunk and, uh, oh, uh, cuz, you got another three dollars? Of course he has. You better make it four. You know, I'm a heavy tipper. Heavy tipper. Oh, yeah. Here. Hope you won't mind those old dusty bills. Thanks, cuz. Oh, Harold, isn't it wonderful? Raymond is going to be with us for a long, long time. Yeah. <laughs> Why, Harold, it's only three o'clock. Yeah, I've got some work to do. You know, I'm chairman of the Safer Driving Committee. I have a report to get out for tonight's meeting. Oh, well, you can work in the living room. It'll be nice and quiet Thanks, in there. Thanks, Mother. Um, what's Cousin Raymond been doing? Well, he's been lying down on the sofa all morning. Oh? Where is he now? He's lying down in your room. Oh, my goodness. Is that all he's been doing all day, lying down? Oh, no. No, he got up for lunch. Then <laughs> <laughs> he did. Mother Raymond is the laziest fellow I've ever known. Now, Harold, maybe he just hasn't found himself yet. All he has to do is look on the nearest sofa. <laughs> well, better get my report started. Little Gloria's coming over from the radio station to type it up for oh, me. Oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. Well, better get on with my report. Let's see. Uh, uh, uh. I'll start at something like this. Um, ladies and gentlemen of the Safer Driving Committee, as your... Oh, my goodness, what's that? Mother! Yes, Harold? What's that noise? Oh, that's Raymond practicing on his saxophone. Oh, my goodness. He says he's planning to have his own orchestra someday. Oh, what an orchestra that'll be. Reclining Raymond and his sleepy six. <laughs> oh, where was I? Oh, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, we must all... Oh, that did it. I'm going to have a talk with that boy. Come in. 
look at him on the bed. Even plays the saxophone lying down. <laughs> Hiya, cuz. Cuz? I mean, Raymond, I want to talk to you. Okay. Shoot. Don't tempt me. <laughs> Raymond, I'm a little older than you are, and I think I know a little more about life. Uh-huh. I'm going to tell you the story of the grasshopper and the ant. Once upon a time, there was a very lazy grasshopper who slept all day. Well, the hard-working ant... Raymond, will you please open your eyes? Huh? Oh, sure. Uh, thank you. Now, you've been out of college three years, and you've worked one day. I mean, half a day. And Raymond, you can't go through life without working. Why? Why? Well, think of all the things you miss when you don't work. The thrill of a job well done. The respect of your fellow man. Then there's the question of women. Women? Hmm. He sat up. You know some women? <laughs> Raymond, lie down. I was about to say, someday you'll want to settle down. Get married. But you have to be in a position to support a wife first. Uh-huh. Now, just suppose you met some beautiful young girl, Raymond, tonight. Why, you wouldn't know what to do. That's what you think. Huh? <laughs> Just lead me to her, cuz. Eh? <laughs> Raymond, that'll do. Oh, my goodness. The point I'm trying to make is women respect men who are ambitious, my boy. For instance, there's a young lady coming over here in a little while who, well, <laughs> who thinks quite a bit of me. And you know why? Because I'm industrious, serious-minded. Why, she wouldn't look twice at a man who's frivolous. <laughs> there she is now. Now, just think over what I said, young man. And remember, to get any place in this world, you've got to be ambitious, alert, wide awake. <sighs> okay, cuz. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what a boy. He's like those new cars, completely shiftless. <laughs> Hello, Harold. Here's little old Gloria right on the dot. Hello, Gloria. Come on in. Oh, okay. Certainly nice of you to come over and help me with my report on your afternoon off. Oh, you know that I'm always glad to help you, Harold. And I think it's just wonderful that you've been made chairman of the safety campaign committee. Uh, it wasn't much, Gloria. Guess they just thought I was the best man for the job. <laughs> <laughs> you always say the cutest things, Harold. And a girl just has to admire a man like you, hard-working, public-spirited. That's just what I was trying to tell somebody. Well, shall we get started on the report? All right. What's that? Uh, oh, that's my cousin Raymond from Chicago. Just a callow youth, Gloria. You wouldn't be interested in him. Oh? Oop, here he comes. Hiya, cuz. Oh, hello, Raymond. Hey, who's the babe? Yep, this happens to be Miss Gloria O'Day, who's employed at our radio station. And she doesn't care to be called babe. Oh, I think it's cute. <laughs> what? Hi, Raymond. Hiya, babe. Oop. <laughs> I'll look here, babe I mean, Gloria <laughs> Let's get down to work, shall we? Yeah, go right ahead You won't bother me I'll just lay right here on the sofa uh, I hope the horsehair tickles him silly <laughs> All right, Gloria Take a letter uh, That is, take a report Yes, sir Ladies and gentlemen of the Safer Driving Committee As your chairman, I am proud to report Say, cuz What is it? You didn't tell me you had such beautiful girls in Melrose Springs. Yeah. Why, Gloria's the cutest babe I've seen in a long time. Why, thank you, Raymond. <laughs> Gloria, where did we leave off? As your chairman, I am proud to report that I'm the cutest baby seen in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Gloria? <laughs> Raymond, you don't really mean that. Why, I bet the girls in Chicago are a lot cuter than I am. I bet they're not. I bet they are. I bet they're not. I bet they are. I bet they're not. Cut that out! <laughs> well, I guess I'll go out and look your little burg over. It's a good idea. Take that saxophone with you. Goodbye, Raymond. It's uh, too bad you can't go with me, Gloria. We could have a lot of fun. We could get a soda, go to the movies. Raymond, you're just wasting your time. Gloria's not interested in having a good time when she has work to do. Of course, Gloria, if I thought you were the kind of girl who wanted to fritter away the afternoon with Raymond... I'd be the first to say, go ahead. I'd even let you use my Essex. Why, you could joyride with Raymond all afternoon. Oh, thank you, Harold. Uh, oh, come on, let's go, Raymond. <laughs> sure, nice to you, cuz. The car keys, please. The car keys? Oh, sure. And maybe you'd like me to give you $4 for gasoline. You better make it five. I know, you're a heavy tipper. <laughs> <laughs> well, so long, cuz. And don't forget the story of the grasshopper and the ant. <laughs> <laughs> grasshopper and the ant. I think I'll find a good, hard-working hard ant and punch him right in his antenna. 
We will return for the second act of our story, Honest Harold, in just a moment. Tonight on CBS, Dick Powell joins Bing Crosby for some singing. So for a half hour of grand hilarity and wonderful songs, don't miss Dick Powell's visit to the Bing Crosby Show later tonight. The Bing Crosby Show is heard every Wednesday on most of these same CBS stations. And now, back to Honest Harold, the homemaker. Well, we find Honest Harold a little upset this afternoon. He has a new problem. His lazy young cousin, Raymond, who has moved in for a long stay. That's what he thinks. <laughs> so far, Harold's attempts to change Raymond from a carefree grasshopper into a hard-working ant have been completely unsuccessful. i got 15 more minutes. Right now, our frustrated reformer is on his way to seek advice from his friend, Doc Yancey, the veterinarian. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen to that Raymond. He can't just go through life without working. I don't think. He's a real problem, all right. Maybe old Doc Yak Yak will have an idea. Yeah, come in. Hello, Doc. Oh, close that door quick, Harold. What? Close the door. There's a draft. It's okay. Uh, I'm giving this Pekingese a bath. Uh. I don't want the dear little thing to catch cold. He's a princess, you know. Princess? <laughs> Are you warm enough, Princess Lotus Blossom? Gesundheit, Your Highness. Oh, my Gesundheit. Doc, I want to talk to you. Don't shout, Harold. You're in the presence of royalty. Royalty? What am I supposed to do? Bow? Did Doc get that nasty old soap in your eyes? Well, he's sorry. Oh, right. Doc? We're all through, Princess. Now, come on, slip into your little bathrobe. That's it. Bathrobe? And it's got a royal crest on it. Ah, put you there by the heat. <laughs> now, Harold, what can I do for you? Well, I've forgotten now. Oh. Well, how's your cousin? That's it. I'm having a little trouble with him, Doc. Oh, it seems to be wrong with that young advertising genius. Genius? You know how long he lasted on that job, Doc? One day. He hasn't worked for three years. He just wants to loaf his life away. Hey, that's bad, all right. Somebody's got to work in this world. We can't all be politicians. <laughs> <laughs> Doc, I'm worried about the boy, really. I tried to talk to him, but it didn't do any good. Well, it seems to me, Harold, what this young fella needs is a horrible example. What do you mean? Well, if we could just show him somebody who loafed his life away and came to a bad end, that might throw a scare into him. Hey, that sounds good, Doc. What horrible example do we know? Well, uh, remember Droopy Johnson? Uh-huh. Slipping class all through high school? They had to wake him up to give him his diploma? What <laughs> <laughs> became of him? He's vice president of the bank in Cleveland. We <laughs> <laughs> uh, couldn't use him, could yeah, we? Yeah, no. Harold, I got an idea. You have? Uh, suppose we get someone to impersonate a human wreck. You know, the tail end of a misspent life. Well, then, who could we get? Well, it'd take a great actor, Harold. Uh -huh. Someone with the combined talents of Spencer Tracy and, uh, uh, Sonny Tufts. <laughs> Where are we going to find a talented actor in Melrose Spring? <clears throat> Doc, you don't mean... Uh, yeah? Oh, no. I, I never told you this, Harold, but uh, I took the lead in the senior class play in veterinary college. Uh, thank you very much, Doc. Now, now, wait a minute. I, I, I played a part just like this. You see, I was a young English lord who became a, a waster, you know. And in the third act, I was just a broken shell of a man reduced to bacon on the streets of London. Doc, please. I, I, I'll never forget my big scene. It was wonderful. I shambled up to a well-dressed man, and I said, Hi, Sy, Governor. Could you spare a tuppence or a threepence for a bloke who's down on his luck? Doc. Yes, sir, Governor. Hog had me hoops and downs, down, hoops, hoops and downs. Doc, wait a minute. I see that sneer on your face, Governor. I know what you're thinking, but it's all right. No. I was once a gent like you. <laughs> But look at me now. Hog just a bit of flutterum and jetsum. 
reduced to canyon for a spot of tea and a dab of marmalade to keep body and soul together. <laughs> I'm hungry, Governor. I'm hungry. Okay, Doc. Here's a quarter. Get yourself a nut burger. Goodbye. <laughs> Doc was certainly a big help. Oh, I say, Governor, could you spare a tuppence? I've seen better acting than that on television. <laughs> uh, well, maybe I'm just worrying too much about Cousin Raymond. Him? Uh-oh, Prissy Pants Peabody. I suppose he'll be worse than ever now that he got elected mayor. Hemp, I want to talk to you. Hey, all right, Stanley. I prefer to be called by my official title, Mayor Peabody. Oh, brother... In case you've forgotten, I defeated you in the recent election. I hate him. <laughs> Hemp, I understand the last mayor was foolish enough to appoint you chairman of the Safer Driving Committee. Yes, he was. I mean, yes, he did. You're a fine chairman. Well, thank you. I don't mean that. <laughs> an hour ago, I saw your car hurtling down Main Street 45 miles an hour in a 15-mile zone. An hour ago? Ooh, I wasn't driving the car. Oh, I suppose your car was being driven by a robot. No, a Raymond. What? They don't make them anymore. Just skip it. <laughs> you were driving that car, Hemp. Now, don't try to crawl out of it. Stanley, did you ever try to crawl out of an Essex? Besides, I wasn't in it. Now, listen to me, Stanley. Not Stanley. You know what to call me. Brother, I sure do. <laughs> and if I see you speeding just once more, there'll be a new chairman of the safety driving committee. But acting as though you weren't driving the car. <laughs> but your mayorship, Hemp. You'll have to get up pretty early in the morning to make a fool of me. All right, I'll set the alarm. Uh, when is that boy going to bring my car home? It's eight o'clock. Why, Harold, shouldn't you be leaving for your safety committee meeting? I intend to leave, Mother, as soon as Raymond brings back the Essex. Wait till I get my hands on him. No, Harold, you mustn't be too hard on Raymond. He may be a little young and mixed up, but I have the feeling that boy is going far. Well, he doesn't have to go in my Essex. <laughs> no use waiting for Raymond any longer, Mother. I'm late now. I'll walk to the meeting. All right. Kind of cold out tonight, though. I think I'll wear my overcoat. Oh, I forgot to tell you, Harold. Raymond dropped by this afternoon and borrowed it. Borrowed my overcoat? Oh, my goodness. It's a wonder he didn't take my muffler, too. He did. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Mother. <laughs> Goodbye, Harold. And good luck on your report. Uh, thank you. That Raymond has certainly got his nerve. Speeding around town all day, joyriding with Gloria. Now I'm going to be late for my meeting. Hey, you want a lift, Buster? I certainly... Raymond! Take you someplace, cuz? Well, you can drive me to my committee meeting if it isn't too much trouble. Oh, no trouble at all. Hop in, cuz. Yeah, thank you. Where to, Jack? What happened to cuz? <laughs> I want to go to the city hall and drive slowly. Oh, sure. How's this? You've been very inconsiderate, young fella. I don't suppose it occurred to you that I might want to use my own car. Oh, sorry, cuz. I didn't realize it was so late. We've been over to Gloria's house listening to records. Yeah, it must have been the long-playing kind. You might be interested to know, Raymond, that because of your thoughtfulness, I'm going to be late for my meeting tonight. You're going to be late? Well, why didn't you say so? What? Here, I'll just have you there in a jiffy. Raymond, you're speeding. Raymond, slow down. We're only doing 50, cuz. But that's dangerous. It says so right here in my report. Ooh, look out for that corner. Hang on, cuz. Well, we made it on two wheels. I thought we left the ground. <laughs> Raymond, you get arrested for this. They'll take away your driver's license. They can't do that. I haven't got one. <laughs> no, man, you stop this car immediately. Do you hear me? Or I'll send you back to Chicago. Okay, cuz. <sighs> that was a foolhardy thing to do, Raymond. I'm at the end of my patience with you. Now, you get out from behind that wheel. I'll drive myself. Okay. Going 50 miles an hour on Heliotrope Drive. You're just lucky the police didn't see us speeding that way. I got news for you, cuz. They did. Huh? And here they come now. I'll see you later. Raymond, you come back here. Oh, brother, it's Pete the Marshal. 
going to a fire, Harold? <laughs> oh, hello, Pete. <laughs> you gave me quite a chase, boy. <laughs> Pete, look. I can explain all this. <laughs> That's what they all say. <laughs> Pete, you know me. I'm against speeding. My cousin was driving. Oh, a... your cousin was driving, huh? <laughs> Well, I gotta hand it to you, Harold. I never heard that alibi before. <laughs> but Pete, you know, usually the fellow says he's rushing to the hospital because his wife is having a baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my goodness, if that baby story was true every time I heard it, the population of this town would be tripled by now. <laughs> but Pete, really, this is the truth. <laughs> then there was a fellow I picked up who went through a stop sign one time, had two ladies crowded in the front seat with him. Said the reason he didn't stop was because he was too modest to reach over and shift the gear. Oh. <laughs> Ain't that a doozy? <laughs> of course, they can't use that one anymore. The gear shift is obsolete yeah. in most Pete, cars. Pete, you've nowadays. got to believe me. My young cousin was driving this yeah. car. Uh, where is he now, boy? Hiding in the glove compartment? <laughs> yes. Your cousin was driving the car, huh? <laughs> Well, I declare, Harold, I'm afraid I'll have to make out a speeding ticket. <laughs> You're certainly happy about it. Yes. <laughs> Let me see your driver's license. Driver's license. Well, let's see here. Got to write my... Oh, put it in my overcoat yesterday. And Raymond's got my overcoat. Uh, who is Raymond, boy? My cousin. Oh, the fellow in the glove compartment. <laughs> oh, what's the use? Just hope reclining Raymond is home. Got a few things to say to little old cuz. Felt like a fool at that meeting tonight, making a report on safe driving with a speeding ticket in my pocket. Well, Raymond has taken advantage of me for the last time. I'm going to request that he return to Chicago. My mind is made up. I'll go in his room and have it out with him right now. Come in. Raymond? Hello. Raymond, I'm a patient man. But I could be pushed too far. And after what you've done tonight, I think it would be much better for all of us if you... Why have you got that suitcase on your bed? I've been packing. Packing? Yeah, I'm going back to Chicago. There's a train tonight. Oh. Well, it's kind of late, Raymond. Why don't you wait and leave tomorrow? No, I think I better leave now. I've been nothing but trouble to you. Well... You've been very patient with me, Harold. But I'm really not worth it. I'm everything you said. I'm lazy, irresponsible. I guess I'll be a failure all my life. Oh, I wouldn't say that, Raymond. You're young yet. I don't know what's the matter with me. I, I've been sitting here trying to figure it out. I guess the reason I act the way I do is because, well, maybe I'm a little scared of life. Well, Raymond, I guess all of us are a little scared of life at times. Oh, I wanted to tell you before I leave, Cousin Harold, I went to see the marshal. I told him I was driving your car. You did? Yeah, and I told him I'd pay the fine out of my own pocket. I'm going to send him $2 a week. Well, that shows you do have a sense of responsibility, Raymond, and I'm proud of you. Well, thanks. Goodbye, Harold. Uh, Raymond. Yes? Uh, why don't you stay? Do you really want me to? Sure. Oh, thanks. You're a swell guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, if I'm going to stay, I'd better make the first payment on my fine tomorrow. Oh, that's good, Raymond. Can you let me have two dollars, cuz? <laughs> Raymond? Oh, well, what the heck. Here's the two dollars. Wait a minute. I'll make it three. I'm a heavy tipper, too. You have just heard the Harold Perry Show, Honest Harold, who returns in just a moment with an important announcement. The supporting players tonight included Jane Morgan, Gil Stratton Jr., Ken Peters, and Polly Bayer, and featured Gloria Holliday as Gloria and Joseph Kearns as old Doc Yak Yak. Norman MacDonald directed, and the music was composed and conducted by Jack Meekin. Honest Harold, 
created by Harold Perry, was written by Gene Stone, Jack Robinson, and Bill Danch. Now back to Harold Perry. Well, Bob, I just wanted to say that the Honest Harold Laugh Contest is over, and the national laugh champion will be announced next week. 170 cities throughout the country send in their entries, and the judges are now deciding the winner. The lucky lady will be flown to Hollywood via TWA for a week's vacation, and she'll appear with us on the Harold Perry Show while she's here. So I'll see you next week, folks. Good night. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for 